0: is a Wanda's ticks radio show special. Join us for an evening of improvisational storytelling with Yayay Louisa Tish and Miss Jovelyn Richards as Voodoo Queen and Miss Pat. Miss Pat is, has a boarding house. Her friend, the Voodoo Queen, likes to visit when she's in town. So let me record their conversation for a listening audience if I promised not to interrupt. This evening is part of a three-part series, 7 p.m., three Sundays through June 21st. Pull up a chair, fill a cup with tea leaves, and sit back and enjoy.
1: Place through the woods on a hill, moonlight and sky. And they would knock on the
2: door.
1: And whoever asked the door would look into the eyes of that person who had lost their memory, the disenfranchised. And they would tell the one that brought them there, come back. Each night for three days. And each night, if this door is open And they stand in here, then they are okay They are okay But I guarantee you, on the third night Because in this space, we will tell them stories Of who they were always meant to be From their ancient property But right now
2: At Miss Pat's
1: house Everybody running
2: around Lost
1: their mind, Lost their manners Now I got to call on the voodoo queen I got to ask her to come to all of this And I have no idea where she's been Holding up the sky But I got to call on her Because i uh, this is out of my head And that's hard for me to say Those who know Miss Pat. Hard for me to say that But I got to call on her And I sent a note Now I didn't say I called her I didn't say I sent her a text message I didn't say that I You know I said I sent her a note Because that's the only way she gonna know That if I send somebody with a note Handwritten by Miss Pat With the blood of the ink In which I rarely use <laughs> I guarantee you She gonna come However she gets here But she knows no. my last nerves have been tried oh yes and i'm expecting her any minute hold up now
2: hold up now. who that miss her yes photo queen yes. that's you yeah baby listen to me open the door girl let me in
1: all right, all right, hold up now. Oh, Lord, come on in these arms. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, it's so <laughs> good looking
2: for you. Yes, yes. I got so you. I've been moving uh-huh. and chilling
1: mm-hmm. and tripping through. I trying to get here to see you. I know you would, baby, and I really, in all, everything in my heart, I knew you would. I knew you would. When and I, I got you, know,
3: you. On my way mm-hmm. here, one of them old uh-huh. alligators thought she was looking at me like I was a blue plate special. Oh but my I God. ain't playing, so we'll be having her for dinner next week. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: my God. You and them alligators. Lord mm-hmm. have mercy. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Well, I got you ginger lemon tea. Ooh, uh, thank you. Yes, baby. Go ahead on this nice. I just knew you were coming. I like, hear the thing, baby.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, that's my favorite. It keeps you nice and healthy, especially when it's cold. Yes, it's
1: cold. And it's the thing, and the way you travel, you go from cold to hot to warm to tropical. my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my, my thermometer go up and down, up and down.
1: Hmm. <laughs> so listen, let me tell any, Before we get into any piece of gossip You may want to hand me You know I love your gossip I love the things you do mm-hmm. I need you to fix this problem What problem, ma? Folks that lost their mind They lost their mind And they don't know what to do They don't know what to do, voodoo uh, queen
3: Or uh, Jen? huh?
1: Mm-hmm. It's they
3: lost in their mind
1: again. Yeah, they lost their mind again. And I did everything I could before I called you. I said I got to do this here, but I've run out of my bag of tricks. Mm. And I said to myself, I got everybody lined up, and I'm letting. I want to open the door to the den. I want you to see what's happening, and I mm-hmm. want you to say something. To say something, do something. I don't care what it is. Do something.
3: Now, you know, that's the same thing to say to me, baby. I I know. And you
1: know I wouldn't. Because when I say do something, I know what can happen. I've seen it. I've <laughs> seen it well. <laughs> well, we, we're we not going to reminisce about last time you said that. Wait a second. Last time when I called you Ooh. and I said that, we, Nothing was right for about a year and a half on this That's side right.
2: of the world. <laughs> That's right. When you know when you, yes. want things,
3: when, you, when you want to change things, you got to stir it up.
2: And yes. when you
3: stir it up, some things get unsettled and other things settle to the bottom. Mm-hmm. hmm Ain't that the truth? Ain't that
1: the truth? Cause you have to see, you've seen what you've seen. What's been going on around the world with this virus, with all this chaos?
3: Mhm. Yes, I have. And you know, we knew it was coming, didn't we? Yeah. We knew we it knew was coming. It. And we knew mm-hmm. why. Now nice. I tell you. Okay. Everybody been fussing about. Where did it come from? Whose fault is it? What are we going to do about it? But I tell you what, the other day, the goddess of the winds of change, honey, she stood up on behalf of her sister, Eartha, and she Uh-oh. told me what Uh-oh. to tell everybody else to do. And I wrote it up. Let me show it to you.
1: All right. What's she
3: say? What's she say? Girl, just a minute. Let me pull it out of my bra so I can read it. Oh, <laughs> let, me,
2: uh. let, let me, Let me
1: give you some more tea. You know what? No matter where you travel, you about as fast as they come. Let me pour you some more tea. and In fact, I'm going to pour me a little shot of uh, a brandy while I'm That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's
3: okay, you can
2: you You'd, that'll, you'd help, help, that'll
3: help a lot. See, because when you drink when you drink ginger lemon tea, that's good. But when you add a little brandy to it, that's even
2: better.
3: <laughs> that's my girl. That's even better, honey. That's even better. So you know, um, I've been listening to the news and I've been watching the people running around like you say, like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't know what to do. Others doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't want to know what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, people kept asking me, "What's what's up? What should mm-hmm. we do?" So you know, I went to the altar, baby.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I talked to the spirits and I said, "Tell me what to tell these people who are showing up on my porch." Yeah, like I'm a refugee camp or
2: something.
3: You know, mm-hmm. I know you know Heidi. You got a house full of them. A house full
1: of them, and they keep coming because, quite frankly, a lot of folks don't have no family to to, to go, and they don't even have a place to isolate themselves. So they came right That's here, and you we know my door is open.
2: That's right. Yeah, they mm-hmm.
1: have nowhere to go.
2: Yeah.
1: So I sent you a note. I said to myself, I I needed you to come and bring some kind of comfort, some kind of style to put on their forehead. Just just do something. Do whatever you got to do.
3: Yes, indeed. Well, I got a message that I got from my altars from sitting there. Uh And, you know, the first part of it is, is everybody needs to know that no matter how it looks, this is not the end of the human race, okay? It's not. We're not gonna all die, but we all gonna have to behave if we don't want more people to die. Anyway, okay. what she told me, what I wrote down was this. You ready for this test? Oh, oh my
1: gosh, I'm ready. Come on
3: now. Here, here we go. She said, "All right, kids." She said, pinching her third eye. They were fucking and calling each other ugly names. Stop it. She enjoyed a great sense of accomplishment in, in such a beautiful variety of beings. It took several million years for them to learn that they all came from her, our mother. But now some of these kids imagine themselves superior to her other children because of silly things such as skin color, hair texture, and the space between their legs. Try to behave now. The boys fought in hand-to-hand combat, sometimes using clubs, knives, and bows and arrows. They built walls to separate themselves from each other, but just as quickly, they knocked those walls down with elephants, invaded each other's spaces on horseback, and stole away with the booty of war, spices, gold, and women, trapped between the humps on camel's back. But We need to settle down out there. Oh, Mom. We're just playing a war game. She her lips and shook her head as flecks of copper fell from the curls in her nappy hair. I can't let boys drive me crazy. Those boys love to fight over their imaginary friends. Their battle cry rang in her ear. My God's bigger than your thoughts my God's bigger than yours Can't y'all find Something better to do war zone is a tired Old game She told them to Stay nice now So they harnessed the light of the sun And grew crops To barter and sail They began to build roads To create machines That flew through the air And roam the seasons. At first she was pleased that they had learned to make these toys, but they fell the trees in the ancient forest and hunted her beautiful animals and almost to extinction. Soon their playthings produced a great cloud of poison that filled the sky. The creatures in the ocean, sapped in nets and plastic, cried out in pain. She too cried out as they pierced her body, and drained her black blood from her veins.
1: Oh, mama,
3: climate change ain't nothing. Who needs them icebergs anyway? She doubled over from the pain in her belly and she screamed, shut up, boy.
2: Walk her feet,
3: and that man set an earthquake in motion. A volcano erupted and a tsunami followed. I'm going to ask y'all one more time to put down those weapons and stop fucking. Only a few of them obeyed her request. She pondered the question. What will it take to make them change? At that moment, a crack in the calabash of the world ran around the equator. She opened her mouth and a bit of matter rolled down her tongue and fell at her feet. She picked the curious thing up and examined it closely. The inscription read, Crown of Change. She placed the crown upon her head and a surge of power moved through her. Now hear this. I am your mother, your queen and your salvation go to your room she commanded in a booming voice the children were taken aback by the thunder in her voice get in there and clean up the mess you've made put away those weapons of mass destruction take out the trash the fear the hatred and the greed cover your faces and wash your hands Go into the silence, the stillness within. There you will find your birthright, your humanity, and my love. Do your homework, children. Practice humility and respect. She turned away from them with the crown half popped on her head. The children stared at her back, afraid of what she would do next. She looked over her shoulder, a lightning flashed in her eyes. Don't make me repeat myself. A chorus of voices answered in many languages Yes, ma'am, mama. It
2: was while she was sleeping, the sixth one at the children's Whew! Mm hmm. Oh night
1: and you know, you know the Queen, I say this with tears in my eyes. I think about all the grown, grown folks, and even though what they told you at the mm-hmm. offer was the children, the word children, but I know this is speaking to the inner child and in all of us that grew up digesting the chaos, the imaginary what? friends, the pow pow, the anger, the disrespect, and the hmm. inner child. I want to really appreciate you for this here.
2: Well done. You know know?
3: People mm-hmm. say it as clearly as possible because the thing that we know is if mama tell you once to stop, and then mama tell you twice to stop, and then mama tell you a third time to stop, if she send you to your room and you don't behave, the next thing is you're going to get a whoop." mmm
2: Mm-hmm. You got the weapon,
1: so it's time to hear. It's time. You better hear it loud and clear. And I think that you going to the altar and bringing the story to us, to remind us of the level of of power that we have to make change, the crown of change. Right. of change. That's right. The crown of change. I really appreciate you, and I'm so glad you came. And I, I, I so hope you love my ginger tea with a little something, something. And I know you are busy and got to go, but now. I, know I see you. I see you putting stuff back in your bra. You got oh Lord. <laughs> queen, take, take a lot of voodoo Take the
0: quick, world,
2: honey. I in know. My bra the safest place in
1: the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. I remember leaving when people folks left home anybody loved it would hand them a, a folded bill or something in their hand and say, "Put that down in your bra so nobody get to it." <laughs> That's right. Best person so when, in the world, honey. So now, where I know you, you come when I ask and I pray I don't have to call you other than a social visit, mind you, or you That's just right. want to stop by. But well, how are folks gonna That's get right. hold of you if they need to get hold of you? Where are you gonna be? What are you gonna do? You know, I can't keep up
3: with you. Well, you know, on, uh, on Saturday, the 25th of April, which will be the third day of the new moon in Taurus, okay? I'm going to have right. a session online at 12 noon Pacific time to work some magic around our prosperity. You see, because so many people are out of work, so many people are out of money. So many people are homeless. And that's a dangerous thing that this virus going on. So what I want to <laughs> do is I want to share with people how we can reach into the spiritual energy that goes above what everybody else is doing. It goes above the games they playing in Washington, D.C. It goes above the people who are manipulating the prices the supplies it goes above them who are trying to steal something from you and we go directly to spirit to ask for sufficient to ask that we all be able to eat and sleep and sell yes. it our table so yes. on Saturday at 12 noon Pacific time we're going to have an online prosperity ritual Oh, my gosh. I'm going to yes. be there. I'm coming online. Yeah, baby. baby.
1: Spread the word. That's, that's April 25th at noon Pacific
3: time. That's right, baby. And, you know, um, it ain't gonna, we gonna, We accept donations, but it ain't going to cost nobody nothing. If somebody want to come and they ain't got no money, they just come on anyway. Any, anything um, that somebody can contribute will be highly appreciated. Oh, of course it will. And you know, there's
1: something about even when folks, and I learned this from my people, even when folks have a little bit, when someone brings an offering of knowledge, you you got enough to be to piece off something for somebody else. And that energy
2: actually mm-hmm.
1: is very prosperous because it returns. When you offer up, even if I got two nickels, you take this nickel and you That's go and right. on by you see, that's what I learned growing up. Oh my gosh! And mm-hmm. if folks, if you, when you out there, let people know if they want to read stories that I write about black love and intimacy, tell them to go to to nappy headed love stories. That's n a p p y <laughs> headed A-E-A-D-E-D, stories. Stories. love Dot it. com
2: I and listen
1: and read some nappy headed love stories.
2: Nappy, <laughs> yeah
3: nappy Mad- yes. headed love. Mm-hmm. love story Black it's so, love and history. Wonderful. It's so yeah. wonderful we gotta take so care you know, of our people who are taking care our nurses and doctors
2: and yes. first
3: responders the people who are on the front line we gotta take mm. care and we gotta take care of each other we gotta make sure that the sister across the street got something to eat Mhm. Mm-hmm. he just got out of the hospital. Give him a call so he don't feel so lonely.
2: Mhm.
1: Take That's it back, old do. school. Yeah, take it back, old school. Practice with the with people, what your great grandmothers and grandfathers did. you walk up the road, they had to walk up the road to go see how somebody was doing. This is so simple. Like you said, just pick up the phone, call somebody, leave leave a package at a door.
2: That's right. See
1: what's going on. And that, that's the healing work. That's what we're talking about. Oh, I so when you come see me, it just reminds me of my own kindness and how I need to be mindful and pay attention. Oh, I appreciate you.
2: hmm
3: Well, I, I love you, Pat. I love you. I love the way <laughs> you keep the house full all the time. Yeah. Heart yes. always open. And, a mm-hmm. sense of, you know, some, some days I get a nasty attitude, and I think about that, <laughs> and it feels better. Yeah. Yes, it
2: better. It's true.
3: It's true.
1: It's true. It is really true. Ain't nothing mm-hmm. but truth in that one. Oh, That's my gosh.
2: That's well, right. Well, I'm going
1: to miss you, I, and I'm going to miss you, but I'm going to see, I'm going to be with you on the 25th. But after mm-hmm. that, I, listen. I, again, I'm going to keep you informed. I'm going to let you know what's going on, and I have a feeling it's going to be okay.
3: Oh, everything's going to be all right. Uh-huh. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, you know yeah. what you just,
1: you, you, know, you just reminded me of something. I remember one time we were somewhere, and I told you the first person that came out of the bathroom, I was going to run up and kiss them because you dared
3: <laughs> And I,
1: I right. You was in the middle of teaching, and I ran up and kissed that man straight in his mouth, and you broke out bla on that song, Blame
2: It On Me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go, oh. Pat. All right, Good baby. Time. I see you. Thank
1: you for coming.
2: All righty. Try to be happy. Bye Bye bye.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us for the first iteration of our visits with uh, the Voodoo Queen and Miss Pat. So the next time uh, the two women are going to be getting together, uh, third Sunday in May. Um, So make sure that you mark it for 7 p.m. Pacific time and and then um for sunday uh the third sunday in june which is the 21st which is the uh the summer solstice we're going to actually broadcast live on the 14th and then rebroadcast on the 21st just just in case you know you've got your your schedule all set and you know you don't want to interrupt it and i want to let you know that the soundtrack for this evening's uh performance um uh, was uh, none other than Cannibal Adderley's Autumn Leaves, followed by McCoy Tyner and Robbie Coltrane on Tyner's Walk Spirit Talk Spirit Live, and uh, and we closed out with Chuck Mangione feels so good. And because I have had both of these um, wonderful artists on my radio show in the past, I am going to close out this first. Uh, program with a interview that i had with uh yeah Luisa Teach and um Leilani Burley uh, about their book that they co-authored called On Sacred Ground and this uh particular conversation was September 25th 2013 but before i i uh, start that interview i want to just give you a little bio on brief <laughs> on, on the two two um, performers. Uh, Joplin Richards is a writer, performance artist, and instructor. She's also a radio host, film director, and novelist. And you can visit her at her website, uh, joplinrichards.com. And uh, Yaya Louise Atish, also known as uh, Yanifa Fajimbola fa say is a teacher and an author, most notably of Jambalaya, the Natural Woman's Book of Personal Charms and Practical Rituals, she is an African-American born in New Orleans, Louisiana. She is an uh, Iyanifa and Oshun chief in the Yoruba Lukumi tradition. And so, again, I am going to play this interview with uh, uh, Yeye Tish and uh, Leilani Burley about the book On Sacred Ground. Uh, i want to thank uh both you um Louisa Teach and Leilani, uh how do you pronounce your last name? Byerly. Byerly, for joining me today to talk about your wonderful book on holy ground, commitment and devotion to sacred lands. And I just wanted you both of you to just talk a little bit about how you came to, to know each other and to be doing this sacred walk and and um and felt the need, you know, to write this book. I mean your intro is just really wonderful. But one of you could just basically take turns talking about how you came to know each other and how you came to write
4: a book together oh my goodness how (laughs) we came
2: to know each other
4: (laughs) well let's see there's probably stories that can be told and stories that can't be told told. (laughs) well i'd say i heard about uh, louisa tish when i was in the women's spirituality master's program and i was directed to her by several people that said you have to meet You have to meet Tish. You have got to do ritual with Tish. You have to know this woman. And I was lucky enough to receive a copy of John Jambalaya by tape, which I think is very tricky to get a hold of. And the minute I heard her voice, I said, who is this woman? I have to know her. This is a kindred soul. Get me to her. And I called you right away. And she picked up her phone, which I now know
2: is (laughs) a
4: really rare occasion. And I think we've, in one way, shape, or form, been pretty much together and in collaboration ever since. So 20 years now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, from my point of view, those of you who have Jambalaya, you will see in the last chapter I make the statement that – In my attempt to understand the world, I await the arrival of my sister from the East. I put out a call asking that a woman that I could relate to who would help me to understand the culture would appear in my life. And that person is Leilani. It took me a long time to really understand um, the depth of my relationship to Pele uh, because, uh, for example, the when I was in college in Oregon, I was at a little United Church of Christ school where there were maybe 35, 1,100 students, 35 black students, and 200 Hawaiian students in Oregon, of wow. all places. You'd never expect to find Hawaiians in Oregon. <laughs> And then Pele showed up again uh, the night that I was uh, being initiated uh, into Yoruba tradition. We have to take a bath in the river. Uh uh-huh. And on the way to the river here in the Bay Area, my husband's car broke down. And we were trying to figure out how to get me to the river, so he goes out to the street, and he's flagging people down to see if we can get a ride, and a Hawaiian kahuna stopped, and he said, my wife is being initiated, we have to go to the river, and that's the person who helped me get to the river to start my initiation.
4: They took you to the river.
3: They took me to the river. Um, before my Yahoo year was up...
4: That's an ocean today.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I was called to the island of Maui to attend to the spirits of the forest when um, another woman was going through her womanhood rites, And then, you know, later on, at a point when I thought... I was sick and tired of being a priestess. You know, I made the mistake of going of going to Pele and saying, uh, you know, I'm tired of this. Please let me know if I can retire, right? And the volcano erupted,
2: <laughs> so, so it's
3: like, you know, so you know, I don't mess with Pele. I'm, I'm not playing no games with her. And so she appears to me in the form. She has come to me in the form of Leilani.
2: Mm-hmm
3: and we work together and uh it's just fantastic it's amazing so that's that's the perspective on this relationship
0: wow sounds sounds really wonderful
3: yeah it's it's amazing over a 20 year period
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know it took me what fifteen of them years to understand that pele really is with me
2: mm-hmm.
3: it
4: took me a while
0: yeah so
4: how do you know who is pele pele oh, okay uh, pele's the Hawaiian goddess of the volcano and fire. So when she and she's actually a deity that is very much known and revered and and loved and feared and honored in the culture. So even through all of the different things that have happened with the Hawaiian culture, Pele is definitely someone that you hear about growing up as a Hawaiian child. And I think a lot of people that go to the islands feel a connection with the volcano and Pele and when Tisha's saying that she understands that connection, it's, it's understanding a lot about beauty, but also a lot about the tumultuous nature of life.
2: Yeah. And,
4: and the tra- huge transformative change, the kind of change where, you know, land is created, land is destroyed.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Drastic things can happen in a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's kind of, I guess, what well, we call her Tutu Pele, which is like grandma. Mm-hmm. So she's big mama big mama yeah oh,
2: mom. <laughs> big mama pele yeah
0: That's amazing ah wow yeah well i know i know a little bit about um you and i learned more in in the uh, the book leilani mm. and i know a little bit about you yeah yeah and i learned more about you in the <laughs> book as well and what i know about both of you because leilani i met you at the blessings of the waters of the world is that you dance yeah. and you and you make hula contemporary in your interpretive work and and I know of you yay yay that you are a dancer as well yep. and uh, you know you sing and I'm sure you probably sing too and yeah. and I was thinking that particular aspect of your um, uh, of your friendship before you know, before you even came together you were doing you do the same mm-hmm. kind of work as, as artists. Yes. Um that's right. and and I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about um about your work as artists and how that informs this particular book because you talk about land being sacred mm-hmm. and, and you, uh, Leilani talk about being a girl of you know more than one culture and not fitting in when you're not in Hawaii you know you're not home because you're a brown girl <laughs> and and you don't fit in <laughs> and and you and and you know you love sort of being able to run free and be free and, and yeah yeah you 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 know you also have a real tumultuous childhood
2: yeah
0: uh you know and you also grow up in a small town where yep. you're close to the planet yep. close to the earth so you know it's like these these through lines, sort of interesting how before you met each other, you were having similar kinds of experiences. So I guess that's another reason why you all have so much affinity for one another. Mm-hmm. So,
4: anyway. That's very observant, because I would say that really pretty much describes a lot of our connection, you know, that there's a lot of things that we can talk about and share. That's what made the the easy part of writing the book is that we can sit down and talk and really understand where each other's coming from and that we are kindred spirits. And there is a sisterhood there, even though I consider Tish my elder,
2: Mm -hmm. a
4: spiritual elder, but that we understand, you know, so that there's a there's a foundation that we have where we can start communicating from a certain point right you know which is I think very rare and unique and and one of the reasons why I think we've been drawn together and why we continue to stay together you well, know uh,
3: you know let me say this that having a relationship to the earth and both being dancers and artists we recognize that a lot of what's being taught in A lot of these schools that say they have spirituality programs is a disembodied, disconnected spirituality. And it's always been, you know, it's it's always been my job as far as I was concerned to take all of the intellectual blah, blah and ground it in everyday reality connected to culture make the people feel what is going on. And that is done through touching the earth and through moving energy through your body. So with both of us coming from that kind of artistic background, it was easy for us to understand that what's being taught in the schools has to be substantiated with Indigenous ways of knowing and doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're here to heal that fragmentation that says um, mind is higher than spirit or knowledge should be separated from experience. That that does not that does not make for a whole person.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know. So we both come from that perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then probably as you know, you reflect on your own childhood. And the fragmentation of that, yeah. you know, sort of separating the mind from the spirit, and and also that you all were not able to be yourselves because the culture that you were reared in did not honor who you are, and and that came, you know, sort of. I mean, you you maintain who you are, but it was difficult because it was the fight. And you talk about that.
3: I
2: think know. it remains
0: too. I think
3: it's still. We're remains. still fighting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still fighting Exxon. Yeah. And Monsanto. I mean, those of the, the corporate, the, the culture that I had, in New Orleans, in Louisiana, being close to the earth, being close to spirit, the conquistadors came in and destroyed the forest behind my house, which means that it fractured my psyche, you know. And that still goes on. Right now, I'm, I feel wounded because uh, the tree in the backyard has had a great, great limbs have been severed off of that tree. I barely go out in the backyard anymore because I look at the tree, I see the place where the limb was cut, the branch was cut. And for me, I can hear the the tree crying, and I see the tree bleeding where the resin is falling out. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people who can look at that and feel like me and the tree are so separate that I don't feel what it feels. Mm-hmm. I feel some of what that tree feels, and it oppresses me because now I don't hang out in the backyard the way... I originally wanted to. And so this is an analogy, in my, as far as I'm concerned, with what uh, Eurocentric, male-dominated, fractured um, society does to people who are grounded in an indigenous culture.
4: I know that was interesting because I thought you were talking in the book about what happened in your backyard mm-hmm. as a child, mm-hmm. and then the exact same thing just happened a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Her away. Yeah, I think how my could, sister Tanya, well, I was definitely not going to be here either. Yeah. So if I would have been here, we would yeah. have had to go someplace else. Yeah. So it's interesting how the things that we hold as sacred are seen as not a big deal. Like one of the things I've noticed, you know, we always say in Hawaii, the local people move into a home with a, They want a lot of trees around. Right. Then, uh, but other people come in, the first thing they do cut is cut everything down. Yeah. Not even just the trees, but the ferns. Yeah. You know, uh, when we sold my grandma's house, there was a big monkey pod tree mm-hmm. and a mango tree and, you know, ferns that had been there for 50 years. You know, it was like a... a, a fort. Yeah, ferns. Yeah, and pluma- old plumerias Ooh. and all sorts of tropical plants that you just don't get. Right. Unless you've had a garden for 30, 40, 50 years. And the first thing that new owners did was come in and cut all the plants down. That's crazy. And then put a swimming pool in yeah. where the monkey pot tree was.
2: Yeah, that's ridiculous.
4: You know, even though the ocean's only a few blocks away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so just, you know, different philosophies and different ways. And yeah. then also that we want the trees for shade yeah you know, so that helps to conserve energy, yeah you know, so there's a way that you work with the land That's right. instead of trying to dominate it and put your big fancy house with air conditioning and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Uh, yeah as as both of you are speaking, um I, I sort of heard maternal instincts mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as as you know coming out and and you definitely one feels the mother uh. The Mother, the Big Mother, you know the Mother Planet That's right. um, and as well as the Mother. That mothers that you both are, and both of you all actually have daughters too. (laughs) And you write, and I love the part where you write about your daughter, you all taking a journey together. And and, uh, you. Those girls are
3: beautiful. Oh my God. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you talk a little bit about your daughter, not as much, but you talk about your mother, and I've heard about your daughter. So I was wondering if you could talk about um, that relationship, you know, as mothers. Sort of resonating with the big mother or the great mother, and 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 how that came to to be a reason for writing this book about ritual, because this book is you know actually you actually so a hands-on kind of book. You tell us to read it through quickly the first time, and also I love your <laughs> illustration, your paintings. Uh, yeah, yeah, in, uh, in the book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so so it's like it's a work of art. I mean, it's so thin. You think, oh yeah, I can read this fast. You can't you can't really read it fast. At all. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you got to go back through, okay, now, and then sort of like map it out. Okay, so what am I going to do first?
2: Mm-hmm. And what am
0: I going to do second? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just so want you talk a little bit about, as you know, as a mother and resonating with, you know, the earth mother and, and then talk more about sort of the way you all, well, you saw that there was a need for this because you saw people um, not knowing how to, to be in ceremony, and, and how to observe without interfering and how to know, well, this is not my place I need to go.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh.
4: Well, it's wonderful to hear your reflections, mm-hmm. you know, because we've been so close to it. It's yeah. wonderful to hear what other people have to say. And I I think one of the things that we're definitely connected Uh, and that makes us have a common frame of reference is our devotion to the mother goddess and our deep devotion and belief that there is female deity and in Hawaii, Hawaiian we would say Akua Vahine or female goddess or female uh, deity like Pele. We were talking about her being the fire goddess and then Laka is the goddess of Hula so I feel connected to her and I feel that raising daughters but I also think for women that are raising sons that they, the children do get a different and more expanded connection with the earth and to care for things, you know, because I know with your girl, with Selena, who I've seen, who is also beautiful and amazing and powerful that there is, there is an energy and a respect that they have, especially being raised in this kind of environment and tradition. And with these values that there's a deeper understanding and that they get to hold a wisdom and knowledge for the next generation as well. And teaching folks, because you think people are getting things just because they're younger, but they're not, necessarily getting it if they're not taught.
3: Well, you know, I have to say that um, the book really came into being because of Leilani. I used to do sacred sites tours and thought that I was teaching people how to embrace the sacredness of the earth and our history and... You know, going to a sacred site, especially where something has been built that has endured for centuries, you think that people would understand that our relationship to the earth is ancient and important and so on. But what happened to me is I was sponsoring sacred sites tours and encountering people who were on tour but didn't realize Or really, they weren't there for the sacredness, you know. So I'm taking some people to Jamaica to go to Milk River, this healing river, and they come with a case of wine and want to go to Rick's American Cafe and that kind of thing. Um, And what really did it for me in terms of fracturing my spirit is I have a memory of being in Egypt and seeing a man put his cigarette out on the pyramids. Yeah, I mean, that, that, talk about a wounding, that just, that did not make, I still can't process that, you know what I'm saying, it's still a shock for me, and so I got disgusted, and I just stopped uh, doing sacred sites to it, so here comes Leilani, and she says, well, you know, Teach, that's not the right attitude. You have to understand that people don't understand that their relationship to the earth is wounded. And so we have to teach them. We have to make them understand. You know what, y'all, get out of my face. Leave me alone. I'm done. Too bad. (laughs) Too bad, bad right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, because I was undone. And then uh, we sat down and we talked about it and realized the important thing, was to make people understand that they had been miseducated into conquistador consciousness. You see, so I've had at my in my lifetime, I because I counsel people spiritually, I had a young white boy who came to me who was having all kinds of crazy experiences, strange dreams, stuff happening to him. And as I'm talking to him, talking to him, it turned out he had been in Africa, had gone to somebody's shrine, had taken a sacred vessel off of their shrine and brought it here and then started having all these crazy things happening to him, just like the people who sack the pyramids, you know, they they let loose an energy that they can't handle, and when I realized that he had stolen something from somebody's altar, okay, I said, I need you to understand what made you think you could do that, Yeah. What, you know, I want you to meditate on it, and I want you to answer me. I want you to think about it. And what he came back with was, as a child, he had gone to a lot of museums, and he knew that the things in the museum were stolen. And so he thought it was all right to steal. Okay,
2: remember,
3: yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. you know what I'm the saying? Taught, the
4: museum's taught, the
3: museums taught him that stealing is all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm
2: the things saying? Things in the museum
3: are all of the things in the museum are stolen, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, that example made me get in accord with Leilani and say, okay, people don't understand They need to be re-educated, and that's why an important part of the book is a section called Overcoming Conquistador, consciousness. Mm -hmm. Overcoming it.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: You know? Yeah, because it's very internalized. It's internalized. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, I think what Tisha's talking about that I like to try and take the perspective that people aren't intentionally doing things, Mm -hmm. we would hope. We would hope. And that if they were given the information, that they perhaps would make different choices. Because I think the thing that's unique about Tish and myself is that not a lot of the elders of indigenous and native traditions are willing to sit down. Mm -hmm. People have actually lost their patience or they haven't been heard. Mm -hmm. And so there's a reluctance in many cultures or they've been exploited or was the knowledge was taken and then it was written in a book or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk about the people that take copious notes and then the next thing you know,
3: they're writing a book on the subject.
4: Yeah. And they don't get credit. Yes. No credit where credit is due. So I think people are feeling protective. So, and I think for good reason. So I think that everything that we've shared feels like, you know, actually a lot of basic information that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. And then for those willing to learn more, you know, that'll be the on holy ground too, yeah. Too, I think. And because workshops. Yeah, and, the, and actually what Teach didn't mention about this book is it also – this book was a chapter – in another book that we started. Yeah. So we ha- we were we actually have been working on another book. Yeah. And then this piece.
3: Yeah, this is one chapter. Wanted uh, to be addressed
2: sixth chapter outline. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know. So, uh I think the things that are unique about this book. We wrote it in two voices. Okay uh what's really really important really
0: distinctive too yeah, I know
3: when I'm reading you and I
0: know when I am yes. reading you you don't, they don't, there's no blurring
3: no blurring, yeah, you
0: compliment one another yeah it's
3: it's clear, you know what I'm saying uh what is the other thing that's important to know about this book is that not only did we write the the people we quoted we wrote them not only asking for permission to quote them, whether we needed it legally or not, but we also asked for their blessing to have quoted them. And that's a a difference from the arrogance that sometimes appears where people are writing, they just quote people and sometimes paraphrase them and don't even give them credit.
2: Mm -hmm. I
3: think uh, a special feature is the chart where we, there's a comparison between the, um, the African and the Hawaiian deities mm-hmm. and their places in nature with an explanation of, of the power of that place with recommendations for rituals. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the book, we ask people to take an oath to love the earth and to take care of the earth and I take that very seriously. Mhm. Yeah, very yeah.
0: Serious. Yeah, I know you do.
3: Yeah.
0: that and in taking care of the children.
3: Absolutely. Protecting the children. You've Got to protect the children. hmm Yeah got to. How for me, um people people talk about um Institutions dehumanizing, marginalizing, dehumanizing you. I say, as long as you can care for your elders, protect your children, and honor your dead, no matter how broke you are or whatever, you still have the rights of a human. When somebody starts to take that from you, then they're trying to turn you into an animal. Even elephants have a graveyard okay alligators take care of their young you know herds of buffalo know who the elders are but there is a way in which uh, conquistador culture which, which we were talking about at the kitchen table comes in and whatever people have set up for the nurturing of the group they fragment that they destroy that in order to destroy the people, mm-hmm. and so in many cultures where the work of woman was what the mothering was what held you know everything together, the first thing you do is you come in and you disempower the women, you destroy the ceremonies, you uh demonize the deities that's part of the oppression formula. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Leilani, do you have a comment or? Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, I uh, I I really like that section where you talked about Goree. Woo! Yeah, and because I didn't have that experience in Goree. Oh, um, how, what was it like for you? Um, I didn't feel anything because there were too many white people there.
2: Okay. Uh, um,
0: and I and and they were and and the guys were catering to those people, mm-hmm. and they were speaking in French, uh, so I didn't understand okay. what they were talking about. Because okay. they didn't even come to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like. Yes, I, yes, that is. I, yeah yeah totally, yeah, so my little guide he his English wasn't as as good as his French, so he told me it was my friend uh my friend's net grandson went with me, and he mm-hmm. was like a like what 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we explored it together, and he translated where he had the, had the ability uh-huh. the linguistic ability, but a lot of it, I just sort of just just looked at the things and but when I went to uh Giuffre, Mm-hmm. Um, where Alex Haley's people are mm-hmm. now, that
2: uh-huh. I felt that because okay. the
0: island is sinking into the ocean.
2: Wow!
0: Yeah, and and and, and there was like baobab trees, and they were in fruit, so you could actually oh, eat the. It wow. felt like eating a cloud. The, 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 oh! Yeah, the 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 texture of the fruit, and so I that was that's what I remember yeah. when I think about. Have uh, you
3: written about it? I don't know, girl. You got to write
4: about it so okay. that we so can share it. Was that okay. on the same trip? The two places that you went to.
0: Um, let's see. Oh, I'm trying to think. Was it um? Well, it was on one of the trips when I went to Senegal that I went to Gambia as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not certain if it was. I don't know. It wasn't the first time I what went. A con-
4: what a contrast though.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that particular part that was like wow. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah that was they said you feel too much I was going to, yeah yeah let me talk a little bit about that, and then um you uh pay a lot of attention to to the natural cycles, you know the moon, the tides, we just had an equinox, right. one of you could talk about how that impacts uh ritual and and then the sacred zones and um the sacred zones, the spirit, um the
4: spirits are here the spirits yeah are here. yeah, they'
2: are
0: yeah. definitely here,
4: well as soon as you said gory, gory Island
0: yeah mm-hmm. I it. yeah, so I want you to talk a little bit about those particular aspects of of the uh of the book and and then I wanted to ask each of you to read a section of your okay. choice um for the audience so they can get a feel for the language and the and the and the musicality and the poetry mm-hmm. uh, of the work. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, well, you know, Gory, La Gory, Gory Island. In this book, we have Tisha's first uh, journey to Africa. And as an African American, you know, we go through uh, being raised, told you ain't African, and then living through finding out you are African and then being very proud of being African and having all kinds of ideas about what Africa must be like. Then comes the reality for me of actually landing in Dakar and all of the things that happened to me in the book, The Vultures in My Window, The, the Cab Driver Who's Not Really a Cab Driver, uh, some of it was like the opening to a grade B movie. Um, But the the trip to Goree, to Goree Island, was really, really profound for me. I was lucky enough not to have the situation you had, Wanda, but to have an intimate situation with a guide who knew the history and who was attentive um, to me. Being there and stepping through that last door knowing that that was the door that so many of us stepped through to get on those boats to uh to come over here i feel like i had uh what some would call a past life experience you know for me i remember being there for me i could still smell the blood you know there were things that happened There and the energy uh, was still there. Um, We performed a ritual on the other side of the door asking that in the history of human beings, let there never be another uh, trafficking like that coming through these doors ever again. And in fact, there are a lot of people who over the past 20 years have gone to different slave ports, both in Africa and in Europe, uh, America, and South America, and sealed those doors so that we never have that kind of trade again. Now, unfortunately, there is uh, sex trafficking that is going on, which is slavery. You know, it's just uh, slightly different, but only slightly. Um and so i'm putting energy to shut that down too but uh go the thing about goree that is um really interesting is that conquistador culture what it often does is it takes it takes a place um where a, a historical injustice has occurred and turn it into a casino mm turn it into a gambling house, turn it into a place where they, they want to cover up the oppression by saying, oh, it was just a game of chance or, uh, you know, this is a place of happenstance. And I understand that that's what's happening to Goree these days mm-hmm. is that it's becoming a casino,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Now, I do know someone whose son is fighting to have uh, a historical museum established on Goree, and I would much prefer that over the casino thing. But the energy of what happened there is still there. It's still
0: there. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see the – well, actually, the women's museum might not have been there yet. There's a women's museum there.
2: Yeah,
0: I had. At at Goree. Wow, a casino. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention with regards to um, sexual trafficking, Mm -hmm. and we're sitting in the epicenter right now in Oakland, California, Mm -hmm. that the the play that I mentioned to you, uh, 52 Letters, Mm -hmm. that was a part of the um, Mm -hmm. San Francisco Fringe Festival, This this year um, I think it's 22nd annual or something like that. She won best of fringe, uh, Regina Evans. So people are really uh, aware aware of this. I I saw people weeping in the performance. It's just one hour long, one hour. Yeah, very, very, very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's gonna be coming back in November so maybe okay. you
4: can catch it then. Yeah, different. yeah. I would
2: definitely
4: want to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. To, it sounds like something you have to prepare yourself you to yeah. Prepare for. Yeah,
0: and, and I told her and she said that she's gonna actually have some altars because there's no there's no way to to clear that. Mm-hmm. Like you just you just hit with oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then and then we're hit again with somebody that's working in uh Slavery abolition around, uh-huh. you know, but that's still the same thing. Yeah, people's
3: bars yeah. need to be cleaned yeah. after bringing up that kind
2: of. And thing. Yeah, you
0: walk out into the street and it's it's skid row.
2: Yeah. Oh. And so, so then
0: you see you're on yeah you're on Eddie.
2: Oh. Uh. Eddie
0: between Taylor and Market Ooh. or Taylor and whatever that the street is, and so you're walking into a situation where the people who you're seeing on the street
3: are the people are the people in, the, the, people
0: in the play
3: mm-hmm.
0: older. Mm. Like this might be why they're there.
3: Yep. Gotcha.
4: Both yeah.
3: Gotcha. men and women, and this gotcha. is really dismal. It's dismal. Wow. Well, that's like rabbit-proof fence. Yeah, it's
4: we're good. just talking about oh, that. I can't just can't finally do saw do that movie. I love yeah. Mm-hmm. I told Atish. Someone said she that they that Tish should not see it by uh-huh. herself.
2: Oh. That
4: I thought it was one of those movies that I'm going to probably use as a teaching tool, yeah. or or well, you know, yeah. make my family watch it, or whoever, yeah. friends. Yeah. Because uh, that was, a, a, you know, there's so many parallel stories, yeah. you know, about the same thing, the same thing over and over again, and it's interesting because I noticed that, you know, there's this combination of people wanting to knowing the truth, but knowing the truth is not always something that feels fuzzy mm-hmm. and like a nice white crystal light mm-hmm. floating through your soul you know mm-hmm. so it's really for people who you know re- are re- really willing to dig deep
2: Yeah. and I think
4: that's a lot of what our work is about too yeah. and this book yeah. to get people to start thinking about things yeah. you know like because of course Hawaii is a place where everybody has their perfect pleasant <laughs> holiday fantasy honeymoon this and that but that there are things to go to you know that are tell you about the Hawaiian history of the Elanny Palace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that
0: was really something when you talked about that. Yeah,
4: going that, to the That was
0: like glory for you. Yeah, yes.
4: very much so cuz you feel the energy of the place. And I'm always amazed about the difference cuz you know you go to these things and of course there's a certain amount of tourists. Mm-hmm. And and they do kind of uh, gear the gear the discussion, depending on who 's on the tour because yeah. i 've taken groups on the tour or when I went with my hula halau, you know they know that we 're able to hear the full blown thing, but right. I guess that there 's the need to balance you know somebody that may not have even known what happened, right. and then it gets a little bit toned down yeah, you know toned down a lot. and there 's an energy there, you know and it 's like when are we going to be able to move? into a place where we can really address these things. You were talking about the schools earlier, you know, that I think it sometimes is challenging to be a teacher where women want to learn about spirituality and ritual and ceremony and indigenous ways, but then once you start crossing into that realm Mm -hmm. and making it more embodied and making it more ceremonial, you know, either the students sometimes have a difficult receiving it or you're told you well, know yeah. from the administ- the, institu- the institution the yeah. you know that boundaries are being crossed and this shouldn't be done or this should be done or you can only do it this way or you can only do it that way and i've actually even been to um you mentioned in the book about a camp you went to. I've been to actual camps
2: mm-hmm.
4: and been, you know, invited and hired as a presenter. And then once I get there, people are saying, oh, no, you can't use this and you can't do, mm-hmm. you know, the things, that, do yeah, the things that I would feel are necessary to help cleanse. Like you're talking about doing these more intensive mm-hmm. types of experiences. You bring people through a process. There need to be remedies and healing tools and things that we do in order to help facilitate that and then you 're hearing you know well this one's allergic to that, and this one 's getting a headache over that so it's 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 very it's very so it's very interesting it 's a very interesting place to be, so I think we 're always trying to ride that line you know to kind of have a cutting edge place where we can go as close to the edge
2: yeah.
4: while still being allowed to do what we want to do and not compromise things and there are times where I feel like I'm asked to compromise what I would do so much that I actually don't feel like I have permission from my own ancestors that's right. or my elders to go there right. because it would really not be what I do
2: right. you
4: know so I think that's for coming up at this time around this yeah
0: So, do you
3: wanna choose something
2: to share? Oh my goodness! Okay. (laughs) Whoa! All
3: right. What on earth would I want to uh, read from here? Well, we talked about we talked about uh, glory Mm -hmm. already. So, I think I'll go past. Or lead up to.
0: So, boarding. what was, what do the vultures represent? Because you, you said the vultures were. Um, oh, yeah,
3: you know, were, yeah. were the
0: symbol for a particular deity. For
3: Oshun, for uh, my deity, for yeah. Oshuni and Bukole. She, and
0: you have a yellow.
3: That's right. This is, this is.
0: Uh, <laughs> okay,
3: I'll just read that little piece. Um, okay. Air France flight number who knows what landed at the airport in Dakar, Senegal. In the spring of 1989, it was the first time I would set foot on African soil. It was the hope of a lifetime manifested. I was traveling with a small party. There were five of us, three men and two women, myself and my goddaughter Uzuri Amini. We'd come to Africa with clear purpose, high hopes, and open hearts. As this story unfolds, I will refrain from naming the three men because I no longer have relationships with them. For decades, I'd envisioned what this moment would would look and feel like. I would walk out of the airport into the lush green of my mother continent, accompanied by the throbbing of djembe drums and beautiful people laughing, dancing funga lafia, and offering me deliciously spiced food locally grown. In my vision, I would step out onto the land, come down on my knees, and kiss the holy ground before I accepted any of these wonderful gifts. That had been the dream. The reality was shockingly different. In reality, my first major accomplishment was surviving the ordeal of customs. The airport was littered with soldiers carrying M-16 rifles that they used to rummage through my luggage we managed to pay off the appropriate parties and were ushered out of the airport and into the open air. I remember a feeling of fear and repulsion overtaking me as I stepped outside. Instead of the throbbing drums and beautiful dances of my vision, I was greeted with the smell of decaying flesh and the roar of confusion in another language. The sidewalk was lined three rows deep with lepers whose bodies were covered in khaki-colored rags and whose faces were covered in sores. As they stretched out their hands, I saw that many of them had fingers missing. It is a Muslim custom to chop off a knuckle each time a person is caught stealing. Some of these hands were so severely butchers that working or stealing was out of the question. The only thing they could do was beg. I had changed my American dollars for francs in the airport and pressed money into as many palms as I could while walking quickly toward a car whose driver signaled us forward and who cautioned me not to give them money, madame. The members of my party and I piled into two cars, named our hotel, and began arguing with the drivers about the final cost of the fare. The driver of my car sped off and maintained the speed of about 90 miles per hour. He drove straight through a marketplace and sent fruit and feathers flying. He almost hit two vendors. I thought this was the opening to a poorly directed adventure movie. We arrived at our hotel, the Novotel Dakar. I had to bribe the driver into helping me bring the luggage into the hotel lobby. He brought my bags in dropped them on the floor, collected his money, and ran out the door. The concierge, a black man, walked to the door, looked and came back to me, and he said, That man was your driver? Yes, I answered him. You paid him? I said, Yes. Then he said, That man is no driver, and the car you rode in was stolen at the airport. Before I could react, he handed me a key and said, Welcome to Senegal, madame. Well, I'd blown the whole kiss the holy ground scene of my vision. Now all I wanted to do was go to my room, take off my clothes, and wash the scent of lepers off of me. Although one of the men was my husband, we found it more economical to get two rooms, one for the men and one for the two women. Uzuri and I walked into our room and dropped the suitcases on the floor. It was hot and stuffy inside, and I sorely needed some fresh air. I walked over to the window with the intention of opening it, but just as I stepped up to it, a large black bird, a vulture, slammed itself against the window pane. I screamed and stepped back from the window. Then I stripped naked, went into the bathroom, and scrubbed my body vigorously. When I came out of the shower, I threw myself on the bed and cried myself to sleep. I did not know it then, but the presence of the vulture was an important omen. Several years earlier, I'd been initiated as a priestess of Oshuni Bukole, whose animal totem is the African vulture. I wasn't thinking of that then. I was just in shock. But I realize now that the vulture is also the Sankofa bird who comes to remind us to fetch the ways of the ancestors and bring them into the future. I soon came to understand that the Sankofa bird in my window was a foreshadowing of my coming to visit to Gory Island, one of the last doors that many slaves passed through, leaving Africa.
4: Ooh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter how many times I hear that, I well, know. I might see my glasses on. <laughs> i like, <laughs> The community glasses. Mm-hmm.
0: So when is your other book coming out? That this is a chapter of, and are you going to put this back in that book, and we'll have it twice? Huh? We don't know yet, huh?
4: I know that's a good point. It's interesting because you'll think you're going to do certain things, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: and then other things happen. Yeah. Right? We were talking about how he always told me that the. That you don't write the book, the book, the book writes, writes you, you, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, we, we talked about Pele, so maybe we'll talk about it. Okay, her. okay. Pele. <laughs> Pele dancing for fire. A hey, Pele, a hey, Pele, a hey, sweet flowing mother earth, hot molten lava, bringer of new earth and destroyer of old. Share your passion, your commitment, and courage to dance and speak the fire of sacred truth. Fire is truth, fire is passion, fire is creativity light a candle in her name and ask for all of these attributes go outdoors or stand in front of a mirror gently swing your hips side to side breathing in the life force the fire of life allow the spine to open up the pelvis and the lower back feel the flow of the earth's energy rise up through your feet into your calves knees thighs hips spine Belly, organs, chest, heart, shoulders, throat, head, face, spreading out the arms and fingertips. Feel the healing beat of the earth's core warm your body and soul. If your eyes have been closed, open them and look into the flame of your candle. Let a soft gaze rest upon the light and speak your truths out loud or silently. Ask for those things you want to draw strength upon and call into your life. And those things that no longer serve you that you would like to release. Reach your hands to the sky, waving them side to side, feeling that you are dancing and fanning the fire of your desire.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sounds like what I did for the equinox.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you. Take the things you don't need
2: or you've
0: outgrown and you give them back. That's
3: right. (laughs) Let it go. Make room
0: for the new growth.
3: Make room for the new
2: growth.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I want people to know that we are going to be doing Sacred sites tours again. And uh, that for each tour, we will uh, have a workshop to orient you to... The indigenous ways of the place we're going. The first tour is scheduled for March for Bali. Oh. Uh huh. And there we'll be participating in the ritual to uh, to clean away negativity. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a big, beautiful uh, festival where you make uh, bamboo statues of whatever the evil is, and it's paraded through the street and then burned, and then everybody bathes and goes into a period of meditation. So uh, I'm gonna be uh, doing that. It'll be on the website and on Facebook soon. And I'm also uh, working on a possibility for Costa Rica and South Africa. Hmm. So 2014, Get your passports
4: in order, people. <laughs> <laughs> and We, and we still saving. are having both parties in the Bay Area yes. as well. Oh, and yeah. uh, I know we have an upcoming one mm-hmm. Wednesday, October 30th at yeah. Napa Valley College. Community College. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we'll be there that evening from right. 6 to 9. From
3: 6 to 9. Yes. And then we, we are hoping to be able to participate in... Um, First Friday mm-hmm. in Oakland, mm-hmm. the first Friday in December,
2: yes.
3: and in between, we're still looking for a location for the November workshop. Yeah. So, okay. uh, we we really want to help people overcome the alienation that they've been taught, and um, you know, to I wanna I want people to travel with us, knowing that they are on sacred mission. And that they are safe and connecting to the indigenous people. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's the website? You mentioned the website for information about the dates of these upcoming workshops for 2014, Uh as well as any other book events or the uh, uh, the the workshops that you don't have space for a space designated for presently, but. You will eventually, so how do people stay in touch
3: well there I have two websites and you have yeah. one uh, for me, you can go to www dot l u i s a h t e i s h dot com you can also go to www dot i l e o r u n m i l a o s h u n dot com rumila the first one will tell you all of the services that that i provide and the books that i recommend and so on and so forth uh the second one eo rumila dot com will uh list all the public rituals and travel um events it's it's uh it's the place where my uh public activities calendar is okay. yeah.
4: yeah and if you go to uh, www.daughtersofthegoddess.com mm-hmm. you can find more information about what we're doing as well as order the book
2: mm-hmm. and
4: uh we hope to see you soon mm-hmm. and hear from you. Yeah. And maybe be on tour. Be Bali, on tour. Come go to Bali. Hawaii. You. We're thinking of going to New Hawaii. Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for Orleans. the Voodoo Festival. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's Yeah. Oh, you mean like next, well, month, next year? next, yeah, next fall year. Yeah, fall of 2014. We've yeah. been talking about that. So, nice. yeah.
2: Oh, that was as a <laughs> whole,
4: we got a whole bunch of
2: things going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of things brewing in the cauldron. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: well, thank both of you so much for joining us today to talk about on holy ground, uh, commitment, <laughs> and devotion to sacred land. Thank you so much for joining us and looking forward to to having you on again and to visiting you um, at or attending one of these, these workshops and certainly accompanying you on, yes. if not all, a lot of <laughs> these tours. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you. You're
3: welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, I just,